let's try that again. So, <laughs> Thank you. so uh, good morning, everybody, um, to, and very welcome to uh, week five, day two of the success briefings here with me, uh, Dr. Glenn Wallace. And myself, George Wallace. Good morning. You're very welcome, George. Uh, have, have you had a good day? Start to the week, sort of early start to the week. Oh, gone all right so far? Yeah, I think, we, I know we keep coming back to the beautiful weather, but it is very much helping. Yeah. We've got lovely pan windows in the flat that we live in, and um, you can see blue just across the across nice. the horizon, which is lovely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's certainly uplifting. Um, yeah. How about your Monday? Was it a productive Yeah, I struggled a bit yesterday, I have to be honest. I was trying to work out what the best... I'm sort of now trying to chunk this down into a three-week block and go, OK, the next sort of period of time is the 7th or whatever it is, the 7th of May or whatever. And yeah. actually, I was trying to think about what to do in the three weeks. And so I spent quite a lot of time... What? But this is this challenge... I think it's this constant tension between output and, you know, feeling productive and actually... So some quality time thinking. So actually, although in the morning I was a bit frustrated with myself because I hadn't done a lot, I was thinking a lot about, you know, how does this, how does this pan out? What do I want to achieve over the next three weeks? Da, 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 da. But it, it didn't feel like I was doing very much. And I got to lunchtime and sort of gave myself a bit of a talking to. And in, then in the afternoon, almost worked harder and more productively because I'd spent a little bit more time in the morning thinking about it, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it felt a bit, yeah, it felt a bit not, quite so productive but this morning we we're up and out and went out for our lovely walk in the, this morning as you say the weather was fab so half past six we went out for a good hours sort of walk which was fab so it sort of starts the day really nicely so um and quite a busy week uh this week so um i need to i need to get my head in the right space so that's all that's all get good. your head think, in the game yeah and i think as we were saying you know people will go through ups and we'll all go through ups and downs i think over this period because we go for ups and downs in our normal work so why would we think this was going to be any different um but yeah I, I did find that yesterday I was on Instagram and you know just having a look around I found that I am more on Instagram actually these days than I was prior to this I think it's just an entertainment thing or boredom thing I'm not really sure yeah. but I think one of the things I did notice yesterday morning was that a lot of posts were like goodness gracious I've got to do this again yeah um yeah. I've got to start the week I've got to motivate I think it's I think it's just taking a lot of energy and willpower for people to motivate themselves yeah to get get up get into their bedroom get into their lounge get into their study room yeah, yeah. and crack on and do the same thing I think going to work tends to provide a bit more variety because you can take a different route to work yeah. or you can I don't know you can meet yeah. a friend along the way and you can walk with them or something you can listen to a different podcast on your journey but this is you are it is slightly feeling a bit more apart from the work itself it's feeling a bit more like Groundhog Day yeah, um, yeah. agreed and I think, so I think it, that was quite interesting yeah and I, I recognize that and I think if you and I spoke right back at the very beginning um, almost in the very first week, I think, and talked about listeners, uh, you know, we all need to think about, it is quite probable that somewhere between weeks three and six, you know, this will begin to feel a bit trudgy. And, you know, as you said, I think a lovely, lovely way to describe it, kind of like Groundhog Day. And it's probably at that time, at that point, some of the things we've been talking about in the last five weeks will probably prove quite helpful to people, you know, thinking differently, thinking about, you know, like I was struggling with yesterday, you know, what do I want to achieve in a three week period and then knuckle down and get really engaged in what can you do in that next kind of three week period? So I think there's, 
recognizing that you're in it is part of the challenge, right? And if you're feeling a little bit stuck, recognizing that and not necessarily trying to muscle your way out of that, but just recognizing it for what it is, being a bit kinder to yourself and then just moving on uh, and start small. I think we were talking about those kind of atomic habits, you know, little small wins are really important at this point. And I, I, yeah, it's just been interesting to see how um, we all go through this at, at different stages. And I, I, I do honestly feel that the Zoom fatigue thing is real for people as well. If you spend a lot of your day, uh, as I know you do, on Zoom calls or Microsoft Teams or whatever, you know, there is a different level of attention and, and it comes with a different level of fatigue that comes with it. Um, oh, definitely. I know that we were talking to, to mum about it. She was talking about, uh, about the same thing. She was saying that obviously that she's on call after call after call, and and it just does get tired. It does get tiring. I think I don't know why I can't. I'm not a psychologist. I can't pinpoint exactly why into human interaction face to face is easier than it is over over here. Mm. I think that I I think traditionally I'd have thought that you can hide more of yourself over over a hangout call or, or like we're doing now on Zoom. Yeah. I would have thought that I could be doing stuff down here, you know, as I'm, as you're talking, yeah. you can't do that so readily when you're face to face with somebody. So I thought that would be more tiring, but you're right. That fatigue is, I, I don't know whether there's a name for it. Anyone's mm. created a name for it yet. Um, <laughs> but it does seem to be, I think it's maybe, yeah, the lack of eye contact, the lack of movement. Oh, so, oh, Siobhan's just said, it's cognitive overload. <laughs> there you go. Thank Lovely you, Siobhan. Contribution from our <laughs> psychologist. <laughs> Brilliant. Cognitive yeah. overload. I'm, and I she is a psychologist, by the way, so we do know that she's <laughs> the right, exactly the right person to share that. I think there's something about attention switching. There's, there's, you know, the fact that you have to look, often look at a number of faces. Um, there's something online yesterday about because you're not making eye contact with people in the same way that you would do physically because you're screaming. I think there's all sorts yeah. of things at play and perhaps it is that, um, you know, that, en that ends up some of the sum of that is as, as uh, Siobhan's rightly contributed, you know, you end up with mm -hmm. positive overload, which is kind of interesting. But I think it's recognised, I think one of the things that we're hoping that the work that we're doing as, as is going to help people with is, is actually the ability to recognise that you're in it as much as then solutions for working your way out of it. Just, you know, that a level of awareness is, is really important and one of the things I would just throw back in to a conversation is I would ask people to think about mixing and matching the, the the media that they use to communicate with other people so I think whilst um, this is brilliant and it's a big step up from not being able to do it you know perhaps you and I at some stage should have a call rather than relying on the visual element so that you know you take away some of the potential overload by just using the auditory bit by just going back to good old-fashioned telephone <laughs> you know or you really, crazy you know and i think probably what we've done is overcompensated by going you know we're all isolated we all need to stay connected and the problem is we're staying connected in one format only which happens to be quite demanding of us from an energy perspective maybe and and there may be something in that but um you know this is all good this is all this is all part of the reason that we're here is trying to help people get through some of that and i think Actually, I seem to have been the object of the help. So thanks, George. <laughs> thanks, everyone. No, I should have a better day. Um, we're looking today at, uh, so Tuesdays is our productivity day. Yesterday, we were looking at uh, strategic planning and we did um, premeditatio malorum, which was uh, the Latin phrase for 
in effect visualizing worst case scenario, which was a build on a session we did a couple of weeks back on worst case scenario planning. And today's actually also a build on work we did last week um, on the theories of constraint, because that's a productivity methodology. And we're gonna move that forward and look at something that came out of that theory, those theories of constraint approach, which is called Kanban, which is a Japanese approach to lean methodology and uh, very much centered in the kind of productivity space. So um, that's what we're gonna look at uh, today. But um, Tuesdays, when we look at our leadership well, which is we're trying to build a deep resource, see what we did there, a deep resource for leaders. <laughs> um, uh, Tuesdays, a saying or a quote. And I, it's your turn today, I think, to bring us the resource. So what have you got for us on uh, a saying or quote that, that resonates for you and you find sort of interesting or inspiring? So I wanted to pick a quote that was relevant to the month of April. Okay. Um, so I did a bit of research into who's, who in famous history's birthday it was in April right. and found the good old Charlie Chaplin was born on the 16th, I believe, of April. Okay. Um, quite a while back, I think it was in their eighteen in their eighteen hundred uh, in eighteen sixty something. Um, but can't remember the exact date. Um, he and a brilliant quote that he said in his time uh, when he was at the peak of his um, of his fame was right. a day without laughter is a day wasted. And I think at this time when everything seems a little serious. Mm. when um, you're cracking on with work or, or you're trying to find a new job or you are trying to self-motivate, I think it's quite nice to remember the human aspect of yourself and that actually we as humans really do get a kick out of laughter. Mm. And mm. Uh, I was sat last night watching Community, as I recommended last week, which is the <laughs> Netflix series, yeah. and I was properly belly laughing um at this at this series and it's brilliant it's very light-hearted it's very stupid but it's exactly my kind of humor and i think it's a nice quote just for the day so it's a day without laughter it's a day wasted so if you can try and get some form of laughter into your day it's been a success yeah. um and it's not been a, it's not been a wasted day no agreed and and, and that idea of you know, the sort of mental well-being piece that we go back to some of the work from Richmond Stace a couple of weeks ago you know talked very much about how to alleviate stress and I think laughter is such an important part because chemically it changes the the I think it's cortisol you know the, the amount of cortisol that you get in your brain I think it's I think that's right um again but but regardless of what the chemical is the fact that actually chemically from a from a hormonal perspective makes you feel better um, is is a technical reason for doing it, but actually it's also bonding, isn't it? If you and I are laughing, or you were sitting there yesterday with someone sharing the laughter about community, then there's something bonding about that, which is also a really lovely uh, element, right? Um, yeah, shared exactly. laughter. It was yeah, it was very fun. It's a really good program, and it properly did does get you laughing. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice way to spend an evening if you've had a busy day, um, just having a bit of a laugh, really. Yeah. And like you say, connecting with people on a simpler level. Yeah, I yeah. Think. And, and if, if memes and things and staffed videos sort of particularly catch your fancy and that's how you like to... I mean, wow, you've got plenty to choose from, right, <laughs> in terms of <laughs> daft videos and things at the minute. So if you're anywhere near social media, you're going to be snowed under with uh bombarded yeah, exactly bombarded by it uh, that's really lovely so just repeat it again for us and we'll put it up onto the um we'll put it up onto the 
Facebook. It is a, a day without laughter is a day wasted by Charlie Chaplin. Lovely. And it was his birthday sometime in April. End of last week. Right, cool. Excellent. That's lovely. So that's that's a, a nice thing for us to remember and, and recommend that you go out and... I think the problem... Uh, we spoke about this with um, Emma Stroud, who's a clown, and she was uh, on the Success ID podcast. And we talked about... Um, you just reminded me, so I'll put a link to this on the Facebook page because she did a fantastic uh, ep um, interview around joy as success and humour as success. And we looked at that whole interplay and I said, I'm just not somebody that enjoys manufactured opportunities for fun. I like seeing the funny side of things. I like seeing the light side of things, but kind of organised fun is not my idea of fun. <laughs> not my idea of fun. And um, But she said, actually... You, as leaders, making time for fun and lightness, you know, actually is is a really positive thing to do. So actually spending a bit more time creating those opportunities and looking for a moment in your day to have laughter uh, would would absolutely be her, you know, her, her advice. Um, actually, we should probably get her back on again. She just started her own podcast. So um, I think I put a link to that on the on the website too. Great, okay, fabulous laughter, bit of that. So let's let's create some opportunities to do that. I wanna build on uh, the work last week, as I said, on um, constraints, uh, theories of constraints, which was a productivity met uh, methodology, uh, and look at Kanban. The Kanban's a kind of Japanese approach to lean methodology, um, and just spend a little bit of time looking at that today and some of the key principles that you might want to consider. And then next week, I thought if it's gonna, I'm not sure how well it will work as a podcast, but is to look at a particular tool called Trello that um, I found really helpful in terms of my own productivity. The only thing I would say is that like a lot of things, um, I started using it, it worked brilliantly. And for one reason or another, I stepped away from using it uh, and actually went back to it um, at the end of last week and I'm finding it really helpful again no um, link by the way no affiliation to me and Trello so there's not I'm not promoting it for any particular reason other than I just find it a helpful tool I'm sure there are other versions of it but we can talk a little bit more about that next week um, but Kanban as, a, as an approach is basically um, has two principles to it one is that it helps you visualize your work because it puts work onto sort of physical or, or digital boards and you move tasks along as they get processed and and those tasks get progressed so you're actually physically or literally rather seeing progress and one of the pieces of research that I looked at in relation to the kind of as I was doing the prep for this was that um, Kanban actually is a slightly made up Japanese word meaning visual flow um, I'm sure people on the podcast or who are listening live today might be able to tell me whether that's accurate or not, because I, I couldn't find ratification or validation that, that was actually accurate. But it gives you a sense that, you know, work has a flow, has different stages, and that you, by visualising it, it becomes a sort of self-reinforcing thing that you you actually are beginning to see progress. And it's, I think it's, guessed it's built on the old adage of success breeds success. And so you kind of move that along. Um, I'll, I'm going to ask you a little bit, George, about your experience, because I know you do very large projects and how you might do some of that. But I know there is a term that you're very familiar with, which is a whip. So the idea of a work in progress. And the second principle of Kanban is quite interesting for me as somebody that tends to try to do too much, probably at the same time, is that you very much limit the works in progress at any one stage. That's not saying that you necessarily 
limit the number of projects that you've got to do, but actually what are you working on today and at this moment, and that you try to limit that just to two or three at any one stage. The idea is that before you move on to something else, you need to have completed the works in progress so that you're not overstacking uh, the things that you're focusing on at any one time, which I think is really interesting and a good discipline. Um, so what's your, uh, before I kind of go into some of those, some, some more kind of principles of Kanban, how does, does that resonate for you? Is that an approach that you use kind of lean methodology in the kind of project work that you, that, that you do? Uh, and how does that, how does it sound similar or different from the way that you guys do what you do? Yeah, so we have a plan, a plan that is then tracked every beginning of the week and every end of the week. Okay. So we all get together and we say, how are we tracking against this? Yeah. And that's, a, that's obviously a plan for the broader parts of the project. That's not just me individually. Yeah. Um, so we all have to go through and, and see where we're tracking. So that's one way I, I would think it, that's probably linked to your first point. Yeah. I think the second point about work in progress, we love... We, we often put draft or work in progress on things right. because that's how it needs to be seen by the client. We're still working on it. We're still finessing it. Mm -hmm. But I think on an individual basis, I like to try and make sure that there's a focus on the activity that I have in, you know, that I have in flow. Yes. And I would try to make sure that there's only one or two. Otherwise, I do find that I, my distraction is lost and I try to, and I end up with, probably three things that are done at a decent level whereas I could have had one thing done at a really good level and yeah. that was client ready didn't really need much input yeah so I think I think that focus or prioritization I think I like to try and do a bit of prioritization of my own activities um just to tr just to try and focus my mind on yeah. on one thing at a time yeah yeah and I, th and I think that is I, I think yeah well I certainly work with a lot of leaders in my role as coach and those leaders have just, and I've said this so many times, they take on things, but they're not very good at either finishing things off or dropping things that are no longer relevant. So they've just got way too much on their plate. And part of the coaching, not, not every coaching conversation, clearly, but, but lots of coaching calls are about how do you make sense of what you've got and how do you rationalise what's on your plate in order to focus, to your point, on what's really the priority in relation to what you want to achieve longer term, but also what can you let go of or delegate? We talked about delegation a couple of weeks ago as a topic on, on here, you know, and actually push that down the, the food chain to other people. Because one of the great things about, um, uh, about Kanban is that, yes, you can use it as an individual, but it's also very much a team uh, tool as well. So actually, how's your team working and how can you pull that together uh, as a team becomes really important as well so and, and it's a useful tool for that and um, Patrick's just also put on here that Kanban is sign is Japanese for signboard or card and it's the visual management or flows material so there's that visual element I think thank you for that Patrick that's that's helpful so the visualization element is really important so there's something here about visualization there's something about work in progress there are there are other principles at play here um, one is that the policies around how you how you manage work uh, are really important that you share across the team and that you agree across the team you know how do we pick piece how do we pick work 
How do we select and prioritise it? Who's responsible for it? And, and how do we report back on the, kind of, to your point, the quality or the completeness of things? So those policies become really important. And that's linked to the, the next one, which is about managing the flow. You could pick easy tasks off of a Kanban board, you know, off of a priority list just because you, you want an easy time. I think we need to work out, you know, how do you select and prioritise those tasks so that the flow is appropriate to what you want to end up achieving. A um, couple of other things that, that again, I think are, in, are interesting and we've touched on. One is including feedback loops. So review and reflection, both in progress and at the end. Uh, so how do we review what we've done both in the moment and at the end of that particular process? Um, and the other thing is that the that Kanban is quite experimental. So it's not a fixed thing. It's, you know, if you've got a decent review process, then actually it becomes something you can experiment with and refine. And I think teams quite like that. I think actually teams working on their, on their, um, on how they work. So the team working on the team as much as the team working on the project, people quite like that. Um, yeah. and often quite, as long as it doesn't become a sort of navel gazing kind of process. And I know that uh, Patrick, who's actually on uh, the call today, I notice uh, is, is also coming on tomorrow to talk to us about coaching teams in transition. So that would be fantastic to build on this in relation to you know a team's impact. So so that would be really cool. So there's there's kind of two key um, uh, principles for Kanban. One is that you visualise the work that you've got, and you can do that in all sorts of ways. But a Kanban board is typically how the Kanban approach uses uh, does that. And that secondly, that you limit the numbers of the amount of work in progress. So what you're actually focusing on today or this morning, you try and limit that to your point so that you've got true priorities and you're focusing on quality. And then you've also got managing flow, collaboration, reflection, uh, and uh, making the policies about how you select what you do uh, really clear for people. It reminds me, um, this is probably before your time, George, but reminds me, I don't know if you've read the book by Stephen Covey called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, but he talks about how to prioritise work um, in four different quadrants. One is what's important and urgent. So you, you list tasks that you've got to do that are both important and urgent. Then the second area of your focus should be on tasks that are important. And the third one is on tasks that are urgent. And then there's a fourth quadrant, which is he calls distractions, which are not urgent and not important. So I don't think you should be having anything in that fourth quadrant. But his, his idea was that you that you split your to do list into a quadrant, into a matrix and you populate it into a box. So that's another visual method. It's not Kanban strictly, but it but it would be another method of being able to to improve your productivity um, by ensuring that you've that you've listed jobs by priority important and urgent important urgent and then a kind of distractions column i guess what what when i've worked with leaders through that kind of methodology one of the things that became clear is the more time they spent on quadrant two which is the important things the less ended up in the important and urgent because they were almost proactively does that make does that make sense I, yeah yeah you know, and, and i think that that kind of helps people but initially you've got to clear the decks of things that have gathered that are important and urgent. Um, I think there's also a challenge to be made for people, which is, is that really urgent? Or indeed, is it really important? And, and really challenging yourself to think about things that we prioritise 
I think is part of the advantage of Kanban, which is if you visualized it, you can really challenge yourself over, does this task really need to be in this column? Or, you know, is it really a priority or can I deprioritize it? Or back to something we said a couple of weeks ago, if, can I either deprioritize it, dump it, so i.e. get rid of it, or give it to somebody else as part of, uh, delegate it to somebody else in the team. It's a really cool tool, very simple. Uh, next week, we can kind of add a little bit of color to that by, by perhaps showing a Kanban board and, and talking people through Trello or alternative versions of that, just so that we've got a, a kind of um, example to share with people as a practical tool to take away. Yeah. You could apply the principles of Kanban to whatever productivity approach you use right now. Visualize it where you can. Uh, and limit the work in progress, I think would be the two things I would ask people to take away, have a think about. So we've got a kind of coaching corner version of that right now. So um, for those of you that are new to the success briefings, um, we either have our guests uh, lead us through um, a coaching corner. And I think think we've also got a former uh, guest on the programme, Dave Cordell has joined us uh, uh, this morning as well, which is fantastic. So good morning to you. Dave, and Dave was kind enough to lead us through Coaching Corner when he visited Richmond. Uh, Stace led us through Coaching Corner when he did, and I think Patrick's going to lead us through tomorrow's. But I just want to lead people through practical work. One of the things that I think makes success briefings different from other shows that are trying to help people through this challenging time is we actually want you to do real work on your real work. Um, To lead is a verb, and we're encouraging you to, to... to be active, you know, a, a verb is an active, you know, an active thing, and we want you to do some work on yourself. So, a couple of minutes, just to begin to think about prioritizing your work in a kind of Kanban, with a kind of Kanban lens on things. So, if you've got a pen and paper, um, we'd give you an offer you an opportunity just to work through a little bit of coaching for yourself, and uh, and you can do that. Just as a thought, you can actually write it down, which I think there's some real advantage of actually writing things down. There's a kind of catharsis and sense making that comes from writing things down. Um, Or just have a little think about it, put it into your phone maybe. Um, Here are some questions on, hopefully that will prove helpful for you for today. How clear are you, question number one, how clear are you about what you need to get done this week? How clear are you about what you need to get done this week? Question number two, how might you be able to get clearer about what is required of you this week? How might you be able to get clearer about what is required of you this week? Question three, list the three most important projects you're undertaking at this time. So list the three most important projects you're undertaking at this time. That can be personal or professional or both. And you can interpret projects however you like, if that's a task or something, you know, project doesn't need to be a massive thing. List the three most important projects you're undertaking at this time. Question four, you might need to take away and do more detail on outside of of this session, but list three to five of the most important steps for each of the three projects that you want to complete this week. 
So list three to five of the most important steps for each of the three projects that you'd like to complete this week. So again, you can start to do a little bit of thinking around that now and kind of bullet point it um, just to sort of get your initial thoughts out of your head. List three to five of the most important steps for each of the three projects that you want to complete this week. Which project will you prioritize right now? So if you look at your projects, which one would be at the top of your list of priorities? And question six, which of the three to five steps that you put down uh, from question number four, which of those steps of that priority project will you tackle first? So you've created three to five possible steps on a project that you've already prioritized. Which step in that list would you tackle first? And question number seven, when will you know that that step is complete? When would you know that that step is complete? Question number eight. When do you estimate that you'll have finished the first step? And question number nine, what step would you tackle second? Question number nine, which step would you tackle second? Now, I'm not going to go through this route, but obviously now you can, you've got a little routine there, or a little circle that you can just rotate round and round to challenge yourself on each of your three projects top projects for this week and then each of the steps within those projects and you just circle your way around that until you've kind of completed that so you do that in a, a kind of disciplined way and you could actually see where you could come up with a nice list then of here are my three projects here are the steps here are the order that I'm going to do those steps in so that's kind of I've kind of given you a kind of coaching conversation but broadly through a Kanban type lens without the tools that go with it but I hope that's been helpful question number 10 for those that were interested was <laughs> What question haven't I asked you <laughs> that would help you achieve this week's main goal? So we're having a bit of a laugh for those that haven't been on to the coaching <laughs> before, because that is pretty much my standard question to finish with. with. What question haven't I asked you that would help you achieve this week's main goal? There's a, real, there's a particular reason I'm asking you that question, which is my job is to help you be able to do these things for yourself. So when Georgia and I aren't here and you've got your own work to do, you know, there are always questions you could be asking yourself about productivity or about strategy or about um, well-being or whatever. And we're just trying to prompt you to start asking those questions of yourself. So cool. Really cool. I think it's a it's a lovely approach um, based in a lot of sort of tech and engineering space, the kind of lean methodology. But Kanban itself can be applied in all sorts of ways, both as an individual and as a team. Uh, really helpful for productivity. And, and I would recommend um, that you might have a look at it. Um, again, we're not being dogmatic about it we don't care whether you take laughter and make it a part of every day or whether you take the kanban approach that's your choice we're trying to just offer you ways to add value and for asking you to think about you know think about it and make a judgment call and if it's helpful 
use it. If it isn't, that's cool. Discard it, move on. Right? As long as you're moving in the right direction and the direction you want to go in, that's most importantly. George, finish us off and then we better let people go. We're overrun by a minute or two. Yes, um, I think firstly, just thank you very much for everyone who's joined today. Um, thank you for their um, participation. I think that's been very useful for us where we yeah. um, struggle for definitions of, of things. Um, so thank you very much to those who've joined today and more broadly. Um, we are getting a really good traction on the Success ID briefings that are currently on iTunes, um, Stitcher and Spotify. So please recommend them to friends or um, colleagues and also please find them there if, you, if you've missed a certain briefing from this week or prior weeks. Um, thank you again very much. Um, all of the information that we've spoken about today, the quotes, etc., will be on Facebook, on the Dr. MP Wallace Coaching website, on Facebook, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Don't forget tomorrow, um, there's a different link um, uh, for tomorrow's session because we've got Patrick Ballin coming to talk about teams and teams in transition and sharing a kind of an approach to co leaders and leaders coaching teams. Uh, so really looking forward to having Patrick back on. I see him, I'll see him in the audience. Uh, for He's currently on uh, line with us now, but we look forward to seeing him tomorrow to lead us through that session. Uh, stay well, lead brilliantly, uh, and everybody have a really good day, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.